This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Oli Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. I'm thrilled about today's guest. He's working as postdoctoral researcher at Sport and Health Sciences at University of Jyväskylä, Finland. He has specialized to strength training and its acute responses and long-term adaptation. Please welcome Dr. Heikki Peltonen. Welcome, Heikki. Thank you, Olli. Yeah, so what kind of research you have been doing doing lately? Um, our latest studies related to increased rate of force development during periodized maximum strength and power training and its individual aspects. Yeah. So could you could you explain what is rate of force development and how do you actually actually measure it? Um, when we produce force and um, when we uh, ask subjects to produ- produce force as fast they, as they can, uh, then, then we can measure the rate, how fast that uh, force increase after that force onset. So, so in in when we use these kind of parameters, we need some kind uh, force sensors or force uh, measurement devices. Mm. So you can on, only do it in the lab normally, and and do you do it isometric or dynamic, or can you do both? Uh, in these cases, uh, we used isometric. All right. So basically, the participant is in a isometric training device or testing device, and then you ask them to suddenly start producing force as fast as possible, and you are measuring the curve of the force with with the uh, force measurement device. Is that right? Uh, Yes, uh, at least partly. Uh, in, in in this specific study, uh, we had these laboratory kind devices in the gym, and we did that training monitoring in the gym environment. So uh, they did like a no- normal gym training, but we used these monitoring devices in the gym, and uh, that information what we can out from these devices is basically force time curve and there's different parts uh, and different methods how, how we analyze these force production from that curve. All right. So you you use the normal strength training devices in the gym. Um, am I right? Yeah. All right. And how did you usually those devices are designed for dynamic training where you actually muscle is shortening and the weights are moving. How did you modify them to be isometric? Uh, in, in, in this study, uh, we, we used separate isometric device. But, but uh, in, in some cases, when we have this normal, typical um, gym device, for example, wake stack devices, and we can put that selector pin for, for example, the low, lowest hole of the stack. And in, in that case, uh, we can 
identify that isometric situation we want. Mm, yeah, so you you kind of stop the weights from moving to be heavy. And how do you do? You have a sensor that you add to these normal training devices. So how do you do the? How do you get the force time curve? Um, when we want that force time curve from these no- normal uh, weight stack devices, then then we in our case use these sensored. Uh, retrofit selector pin where, where is this force sensors and then we're gonna get out these force time curves all right and and then you have the force time curve how what kind of variables you calculate that you you name them as rate of force development so what what do you calculate from the actual curve uh, we looked at highest or peak force time curve that that uh, where is this uh, 10 millisecond that basically that shorted shortest uh, time and that where is that highest force production comes and of course we can look that time what is that time from that force onset to that peak rate of force development so so we look different kind parameters from that force time curve of, of course that uh, where is this uh, maximal peak force is also one parameter from that data yeah so you look different parameters and one was the peak what what do you think is the best parameter to to use from the rate of force development what is kind of most sensitive to detect the changes in in the actual muscle performance it depends, of course, uh, what what kind of phenomenon we want to look. Uh, there is highest individual variation that shorter and shorter uh, rate of force development time window, and of course, when that time window increased, come larger, so that that variation uh, comes minor. Mm. All right, so so that was what, and and then you did periodized maximum strength and power training for these participants. How how was the uh, the setup, the design of the study? Uh, yeah, uh, that that whole study concept includes twenty four subjects, all men, unresistant. Uh, uh, resistance strength trained, uh, they, they have physical active, but no any systematic resistance training background. And the 10, 10 of these subjects were like a controls and then 14 men were subjects who really did that training. Yeah, so 14 in the intervention group and 10 in the, in the control group and then did they all go in the same way? The first, the maximum training, and then the power training, or how how was the design? Yes, they all did exactly the same same training. This both periods or blocks. This first at ten week maximum strength training, and then followed by ten week power type training, and all, all volumes and intensities was exactly the same for all these mm. subjects. Yeah. 
Yeah, and how, how many times did they train per week and what kind of exercises they were doing during those trainings? Uh, they trained two times per week and they did their legs, so leg press, knee extensions, knee flexions during every training sessions and uh, these upper body exercises were split uh, basically two different sessions so legs every time and then then upper body shared yeah yeah and and the same movements were done also in the power training part or, or was it different in the maximum and, and power yeah as exactly they used the same devices during that whole intervention so they, they used uh, same exercises but of, of course these uh, training intensities and volumes change a lot and, depends and on the loads, target yeah. yeah yeah and and then when you did the testing did they use the exact same strength training devices also for the testing of rate of force development uh, in in this stud, study purpose uh, we used basically both uh, we used that uh, sensor pin in the wake stack but they did also uh, isometric test using specific laboratory type isometric testing devices okay yeah and and then what were the findings your title says that is the adaptations are highly individual so how how did how they were the results yeah based on that study and some people respond better to strength focus training and uh, some some people better to power focus training and still there there is a about one third who didn't respond at all if we looked at rate of force development. Mm, all right, that's quite interesting because wouldn't you expect that the rate of force development would improve most with the power training in basically all participants and not during the maximum strength training period? Or what is your what was your hypothesis when you started the study? Yeah, uh, yeah, th- that that was that uh, idea behind the the hypothesis. So, but that was also a little bit surprised. There is that one third who didn't respond at all. So, so, so th- there is a different kind new aspects to look at data like afterwards. But, but, but that our uh, hypothesis before the study there, there was exactly that so we assume that rate of force development increased more during just that power training part mm. so you you thought that it would increase a bit in the maximum training part and then kind of you'd get the benefits when they start doing the power training part oh. yes Be- because they yeah they they are strength trained untrained before that study so that that was also assumed there's some increase in during also that maximum strength period but but main increase comes from this during that power part all right so why why do you think what is the reason that some people responded better for the strength training 
strength maximum training and the others to power what what could be the reason behind i think there could be several reasons and uh, when we start to plan this kind training study interventions and uh, we assume this uh, population is quite homogeneous but uh, when we when we, when we look these different kind uh, properties or performance levels on these subjects of course we need to decide uh, which are these parameters which should be like a sim- similar level or like a homogeneous in in this case that is age and the uh, weight height and 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 all also also some in, at least in 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 some range they they force production but, but of of course we didn't check that before how about they uh vo2 max for ex- example of we have we, we need to do some compromises on that that thing mm, like like always in in the training study so so you said that you couldn't check the vo2 max or you didn't check before do you think this this plays some kind of role in the results or what, did you find anything uh, afterwards that could explain these changes uh, it's it hard to say uh, I, i i don't know is, is there any meaning of course if we think this in a re- retrospective that one thing it's may- maybe could check or do next research intervention and check is there any any meanings but uh, yeah it's hard to say but there, there, there's so so many other aspects also is it yeah. something related to hormones for example or something like that? Mm. For most sedentary behavior and physical activity researchers, collecting the research data is one of the most frustrating steps of a project. This is why we devised a revolutionary new way to collect data. Fibian Sense Motion is a cutting-edge next-generation system that allows you to easily and remotely collect, store, and manage data. Our solution features a tiny waterproof device that captures the sedentary behavior and physical activity data, a mobile app for automatic uploading of the data from the device, and a cloud service for managing the data. Even better, all collected data is GDPR compliant, and you have access to automatically analyzed variables of activity types and raw 3-axis accelerometer data. Discover the convenience and power behind our solution at sense.fibian.com. That is s-e-n-s.fibian.com. Fibian, created by researchers for researchers. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting, like especially for the thinking like athletic athletes training or athletic training that that you might improve your kind of power which is kind of rate of force development more by doing doing with the heavy weights like maximum type training than doing the actual power training do you think this could be the same way for the highly trained athletes or do you think it's it's other way 
I think that the basic idea behind it is the same, but of course in, in athletes your adaptation window is much more narrow and uh, the, the, when you when you are athlete that that training is that not main thing of course you have to uh, periodize or match your training for your competitions and uh, what, what, what is that part of that annual cycle in, in in your in your training and that way because that process is that most important part and and how, how, how to peak your performance to your competition uh, when when we study these untrained uh, people so so they they can improve their uh, capacities in several ways and for example that power that our maximum strength level is also linked to the power and of course these uh, how fast you can produce that force there is several ways to in, increase uh, your power production but uh, when you athletic level or your performance level comes higher and higher that 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 several windows comes narrow and they, they, you don't have so, so so many ways to improve your capacities or performances yeah so so you said that there's many ways or many kind of mechanisms that can improve could you clarify what are the different ways to improve your power or rate of force development uh, when you produce force rapidly or try to increase your uh, contraction velocities that, that is strongly related to your neural system and and that that that, that way of course you can I- improve your uh, model learning and these patterns and how well you can activate all, all your motor units but of course there is a lot of things in your muscle level also or even in your tendon and hold that linked system to do how you uh, take these ground contacts or produce that force for your uh, different ways so so it's not so simple that way in 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 these cases this for power production yeah so basically when you are measuring quite a simple variable of rate of force development it's actually quite a complex thing that you are actually measuring the recruitment of the muscles which starts all the way from the motor cortex you have the spinal cord you have and and then it goes also to kind of coordination that you need to relax the antagonist muscles and the agonist is doing as fast as possible and if it's a multi-joint movement like leg press it's it's the activation pattern between the muscles and then you also have the tendon characteristics and muscle volume and and other things so you are actually measuring a whole lot of things and mechanisms so it's quite complicated to or you cannot say from from the rate of force development that 
where does the improvement come come from? Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So ha have you thought that could you kind of uh, separate some of these these parts with some other tests? Or have you used any any other things to kind of get an idea that where does the improvement come from? Uh, at least roughly, we we can do we we can of of course measure. Uh, muscle muscle sizes or how how well we can activate our muscles using some electrical stimulations for example uh, or if, if you think these uh, performance tests then, then, then we can get some hint for that uh, when we do some training and can we get that that kind of adaptations what we want is that our acute fatigue that kind what we assume it should be after this kind of training what 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 is targeted to that power type uh, improvements hmm. so you can you can measure the muscle size although it's probably quite an expensive measurement or or difficult then you can do the use the electrical stimulation to see the activation uh did did you do the stimulation in this this particular study yes yes we did uh, we, we used this um, muscles surface stimulation and in that way we try to uh, measure what could be that activation level on these subjects how well they can activate their um, motor units voluntary and then then we stimulate uh, like a resting muscle and that that way we can identify or look how well these uh, muscle level adapt training or uh, is there any changes hmm. and and which muscle did you do it for the quadriceps and and how did you do did you stimulate the nerve or the muscle directly we stimulate muscle directly and we yeah we use these quadriceps yeah that's that basically that easiest way to do that and our training focused the legs mainly they they did legs in, in every session so that that is quite natural to use these quadriceps Mm. And how how is this method? Do you think it is it is a reliable and valid method to get it? I think sometimes it's a little bit difficult to do when when you are doing the MVC that you get it on the right time and 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 how did the results look? Do you think they they tell a correct story about the activation part? Yeah, yeah, you, you are right. There, there are some limitations when we use these kind of methods. Um, of course, that that it, that measurement situation is isometric, and that is quite uh, slow contraction. And when these subjects reach their uh, peak force levels, and that needs that. Uh, researchers who do the stimulation and look at force time curve and try to hit that external stimulation just during the uh, biggest plateau of that force and so so 
it needs that, that, that there is a experience on that. Of course, that subject to do that force production, but of course, when to research, uh, do this stimulation by manually. Mm, yeah, uh, just just came to my mind now that have have you ever tried that you would stimulate actually when the force is increasing in the beginning, so the participants would start pushing as fast as you as they can and then you could actually time the stimulus from the start of the force for example to 200 milliseconds after and it would probably make a small spike in the curve or i don't know have have you ever thought or tested that uh, we have done some kind pilots but there is a uh, some difficulties, of course, what could be that p- perfect timing to hit, and of course these timelines are so short, because this f- fast force production, there is just some 10 milliseconds to t- time to do that, and what could be that optimal for exactly on that subject, so, so there is so many open questions. Hmm. So you have tested, but you haven't really found that that would solve the problems. Yeah, and as I said earlier, so there's so huge individual variation between subjects when they produce that force so fastly. Hmm. All right, I, I see. And so you basically did this stimulation to check the activation. Did you find any differences between the people who were improving more during the maximum strength training period and the ones who were improving more during the power training period there is some some like a neural deficit uh, on on that group who respond to power when they start to do that intervention so so i we think that there is some capacity produce more force as they can do by voluntary so, so that kind in information we find but uh, no, no big differences between these uh, groups during that whole intervention basically just on the, on the beginning of the study all right so you said that there was some neural deficit in the people who responded better to power training so was it that they had in the beginning they had some deficit and then they were able to improve or which way which way was it yeah these uh, these these subjects who, who were these maximal strength responders they they had higher electrical stimulation in this talk on the baseline and um, that, that 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 could be linked that they improve they also the dynamic force production to, during that first mm. period yeah and about the training kind of that when you do maximum strength training the weights are heavy so basically even if you're not concentrating the training perfectly you still need to activate the the large motor units because you need to get the weight up but if you're doing power training and you are not 
fully concentrating on the training, you can still lift it, lift the weight without activating those large motor units. So do you think this could play some role that if if people are, for example, they are not athletes and they are doing the power training after a long day in work, could it be that they didn't push enough to actually activate the large motor units? Yeah, there's always uh, like that kind of risk. Uh, yeah, and that is so hard to identify just by your eye. And, and that is that one important uh, aspect where we need these different kind training monitors because when we do some fast velocity or fast production contractions so so it's somehow needed to get some numeric values and how, how, how to follow these contractions are correct for, for that purpose mm, that that makes sense I think from my own own limited experience of doing power type training you you really need to concentrate and it really helps that there's somebody there's a coach pushing you to really try to do as fast as you can it, it takes quite a lot of kind of mental preparation to be able to do uh, day in day out the power training well thanks for joining us this week on physical activity researcher podcast If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be great help for us we have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes so be sure to tune in thank you all for your support and have a great day